Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. We all want our clients to be involved in projects. And frankly, I think that makes a richer, more finished product in the end. But the reality is we don't want them so involved that there's someone else we need to manage. I was just having a conversation with a designer who was struggling with taking back the control of the project from her overly enthusiastic client. This is something I wanted to share with all of you. So let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Like I just said, we do want our clients to be involved in the process. And If you're sitting there thinking, "Mm, actually, Renee, no, I'm good. I don't really want my clients to be involved. I think that's a mindset issue and not necessarily one you truly mean. Because if a client isn't involved at all, you may as well be designing a hotel or something static that people really won't be living in day in and day out because it's impossible to know their likes and tastes. So even if we're doing, say, a second home and they're not going to be living there all the time. Success is still derived from having it reflect the owners of that home, whether they're there one week a year or every day of the year. And so to think, well, I don't want them involved, I know what you mean. You mean the type of client my designer was struggling with in a call I had this week. And that client is someone who's overly involved. And that is a problem. I'm not going to lie. I've had plenty of them. So I'm happy to explain how I manage those same situations. And some of it goes way back to the initial phone calls and making sure that you're vetting these clients appropriately. Now, I'm not saying, you know, one of the questions is, how involved would you like to be? I guess you could ask that, but really you're never going to get the true answer you're looking for because no one's going to say, oh, gee, Renee, I think I'm going to be a pain in the ass. Does that work for you? Right? You're not going to get that 
but you may be able to read between the lines by the level of enthusiasm or kind of the frenetic way they answer the question like, oh my gosh, yes, Renee, I'm so glad. Oh, I've been waiting for this project for so long. Yeah, you can tell the kind of client that that person is going to be. And there's nothing wrong with that so long as you're prepared to take on that level of management for the client, not just the project. Because of course, there's going to be expectations that they have that are probably pretty high and unreasonably high. And then you're going to have to kind of pull the strings of the balloon back down to earth and explain all the situations to them again and again, and probably again. So if you're like me, that's not something I enjoy. Like I said, it's something that I've had to work with in the past, but I'm getting better and better each time to sort of see that kind of frenzy in the beginning, hear it in their voices, maybe the way they're describing it, and frankly, not taking jobs that I think will be more managing of the client than of the actual project, because that's not what I enjoy, right? I don't enjoy kind of talking people off the ledge every other day. And that's what this designer was up against. So she was telling me about a situation where, honestly, she probably wouldn't have figured it out in the beginning, because a circumstance had changed during the project. It was a big project, lasted almost a year. And in the beginning, both the husband and the wife were both working full time. Hence, one of many reasons they needed a designer to help with their construction project, because they simply weren't going to be physically around, let alone have the bandwidth to manage that, plus their full-time jobs and their children's lives. However, during the project, the woman was laid off. Luckily, it did not impact the budget at all because they had socked away that money and she was in the process of working with headhunters to get a new job. But all of a sudden, guess who had a whole lot of time on her hands when the kids were at school? And so initially, it was a good thing, right? There were decisions that needed to be made. They were being made much faster, probably in a more genuine way as well, because they weren't so, uh, yeah, okay, that's good enough because they needed to make a decision to move on. But then it became third questions, fourth questions, fifth questions, and on and on, kind of in a polite way in the beginning, nitpicking what was going on, really questioning how the designer was spending their time, but also how all of the trades were spending their time. Now, this woman, this couple, they were living in the house, which if you have been managing construction projects, you know that already adds the complexity of managing emotions and situations. But now the woman has also nothing else to do in any given day. And frankly, in her defense, it was not a planned exit from her job. And so she probably was a little overwhelmed. And this was a great distraction for her. That said, it was a super huge distraction for the designer. And when she reached out to me, her issues were she was falling behind of her own schedule, right? And and I've always talked about that. You need to have your own internal schedule in your office, right? You're going to have demo for eight days or drywall installation for five days or whatever it is. And she said those 
were all of a sudden getting missed because the woman started micromanaging everything. So when the designer normally would have gone two or three days without even seeing the client because they were off to work before the designer showed up to check on the team, the moment the designer stepped on the project, the homeowner was there and she was asking questions, often came with a list apparently of itemized questions. And so everything, maybe a 20, 30 minute site visit was turning into an hour, hour and a half by having to go through everything in great detail with this homeowner. Now, let's be honest, the homeowner is the client. The homeowner does have every right to ask any question at any time. But this was a massive change in how they had been interacting with each other. Unfortunately, the designer gave into it for a while. And so there was a new pattern established. And trust me, I am not saying the designer did anything wrong. We all probably would do the exact same thing. We are blessed by wanting to be people pleasers in our industry. And while it is mostly a blessing, it can sometimes be a curse. And in this scenario, it became a curse. Because after a week or two, when the designer was like, well, I just figured she'd, you know, find other things to do. And it was just, I'm stressed out. I'm now not employed and I'm bored. And look, I've got all this cool stuff going on in my house. Unfortunately, whether it was because she didn't find another job right away or whether she really just enjoyed being around the project, I do find clients actually do enjoy kind of watching their dreams kind of unfold literally day by day. Who knows? But again, she is the client. And so she has every right to be involved on any level that she chooses to be. Now, that said, she had changed basically the rules of play. And it would have been very appropriate for the designer right after maybe a couple of days to reevaluate with the homeowner how she was going to manage this project. Because ultimately, The client trusted the designer to see her vision come to life, knowing the designer had an expertise in managing the construction, and that is why she hired her. Understanding that she didn't have the time to do it herself, but you and I both know that a homeowner just doesn't have the expertise to manage a construction project the way we do because they don't do it very often. I would say most people never take on a large renovation, let alone a new build. And so this was an appropriate hire. She needed the help. She sought this designer out. She vetted the designer, talked to the designer's referrals, and felt confident trusting her project in this designer's hands. Now, honestly, I don't believe that this homeowner was trying to be a pain in the ass. I think there was a whole lot of things going on in her life, and the designer just felt it in her working life. And as a side note, I find that with most issues that I come across with my clients. If there are any issues, nine times out of 10, it has nothing to do with me, the guys on the job, the selections we made. It is something to do with the client's personal life that we may never understand, nor is it really our business. But yes, we may take the brunt of whatever stress they're feeling because we are literally in their home and it's an expensive stressor, not to mention all of the mess and delays and inconveniences that a construction project brings to a home. 
So this designer had let this kind of go a little too far. And so if anything, the designer said, I think she thinks we're just friends now, <laughs> which, which again is great. And another side note and a personal tip is I do draw a line between becoming friendly with my clients and becoming friends with my clients. And you may be listening saying, you know what, Renee, I don't care. I've had it successful both ways. And I think that is great. My personal experience, perhaps it's because I live in a small town, is I don't befriend my clients because I don't want anything to ever impact our working relationship. And so, of course, I am friendly and and actually I'm quite friendly with a lot of my clients. We exchange Christmas cards, for instance, but we're not going out to dinner as a foursome, right? I'm not inviting them over to my house for cocktails and dinner with my personal friends. I have just personally decided that that's the line I'm going to draw. And honestly, I've never had a client have an issue with that. But I do know designers who are become BFFs with their clients and it works for them. And I think that's great. I just personally have never had any experience with that. And I also know some kind of disastrous stories as well from other designers. So this client was probably lonely, probably wanting someone to distract her from whatever was going on with her work life. And the designer let it go probably, I think she said almost a month. The job was slowing down because of these delays as far as communication and explanations and questions that the homeowner was bringing up almost on an hourly basis. And so I helped the designer come up with a strategy to go back to the client and say, we need to reevaluate how this is going forward. Now, there's a couple of ways you can handle it. And the one that this designer was most comfortable with was engaging with the client, asking her what she wanted to do with this working relationship. And what do I mean by that? So initially, like I said, the homeowner, she was working full time. She had an established relationship that this designer was in charge of everything. She went to all of the site meetings. She handled all of the questions from the trades. She would then run questions by the homeowners when they need to make decisions. But otherwise, the designer was really making all of the decisions for the project. Now, the homeowner has the time on her hands. So one way of handling this is to re-engage. Discuss the fact, delicately I might add, that this homeowner now has the time to be in the house during the day. And what role does she want to play in the project? Now that's a risky one. And I we did go through that scenario because that homeowner really could say, I want all involvement. I want to be in every meeting. And basically what was going on would continue. And if that scenario played out that way, I told the designer that she has every right to go in and reevaluate how she's charging for this project. If it's a an hourly rate, she needed to alert the client that her hours were going up because of the additional need to explain things or educate this client, the additional meetings because there were more questions coming up, et cetera. Or she was doing a flat fee. This is a time to go in and say, I need to add an addendum again because of all of this additional time. Now, the good news is that might scare off the homeowner who doesn't want to spend more money and give her a subtle hint as to the fact that she needs to pull back into maybe not her original role, like just be silent all day because she is now in the house. 
but to be more aware of all of the additional interactions that she is creating with the designer who has estimated this project based on the fact that the homeowner wouldn't be there from 8 to 5.36 probably. So that's one scenario. The other scenario is to have a discussion politely with her client and say something along the lines of, I understand that you are now at the house more often. I think this is great that you can see the progress as it's unfolding. But in order for me to make our schedule, I need to whatever, have less meetings with you or have one controlled meeting, meaning write down all the issues you see during the day and we'll meet every other day or some sort of combination that reestablishes you, the designer, in charge of the project. The X factor, honestly, is you won't know how the client will react until you put one of those scenarios in play. And so this designer, she was honestly quite terrified. She was Frankly, she was worried she would be fired. I don't see that. I I mean, I can appreciate why she would be concerned and think that way. But when we were doing some back and forth, she said the designer is thrilled with everything, is constantly complimenting the designer, saying things like, I don't know how you do this every day. This is so exciting. You know how to handle everything. I, I really didn't get the vibe unless the money was going to run out because of her unemployment status. But the designer didn't feel that that was the case. And the husband had said as much shortly after the woman had lost her job. So I I think it was really the designer feeling insecure about the homeowner constantly peppering her with questions. And what I really want you all to understand is it has nothing to do with you if they're asking questions. It is simply one, I think, some fascination because unless they're watching HGTV a lot, they're not seeing what we see every day. And I think it's good to take a moment when you're on a job site and walls are ripped down to just take a moment, take yourself out of your expertise and just go, wow, this is pretty cool. I can, you know, see into a wall and what does this mean? And what's this pipe? And so the questions you may be having, the homeowner is going to have times a hundred and it's also their house and their investment. So there are ways to sort of rein in an overly enthusiastic client. And again, this situation was something the designer could never have foreseen, but it is a good reality check to keep in mind when you are vetting new clients, what kind of involvement are they saying they want and what kind of involvement are you reading between the lines that you're going to have to deal with? And then you're going to have to make decisions accordingly. You can decide to move on and not take the project. You can decide to take the project and bill accordingly. So as you're building out your flat fee and you think that this homeowner is going to be heavily involved, I would add more hours. There will be inevitable questions that you're going to have to answer along the way, extra meetings, all sorts of things that you can't predict from a previous project that you didn't have a client doing or do what this designer is going to have to do in her situation and see how it goes. I will say that I experienced some really big enthusiasm in the beginning during you know the early selections, things like that. And then once things are going smoothly, the good news is my clients usually lose interest because it's running smoothly. If there was a big issue or a humongous surprise that the contractor found, that's one thing. 
But so long as projects are churning along the way they're, quote, expected to, I find that the clients kind of tune out. They go back to their lives because they've hired an expert to do this for them and you're performing because it's running smoothly. So I get it. And I told this designer that she is learning a very valuable lesson with this experience because it will come up again. Maybe not in such a dramatic way where someone loses their job, but you never know. Or you may find that your client who wasn't that interested is all of a sudden obsessed because they get so excited once they see the project getting off the ground and tearing into things, and they're now hooked on the project. These are all difficult situations for designers to manage because you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go manage a construction project. I'm going to deal with the team of guys that Renee is always talking about and the schedules and the selections. Yeah, but you will also be managing the homeowner. Now, if you've been doing decorating projects for a while, you also are far and away more experienced at managing the highs and lows that clients will bring to a project. But I will say I find that a construction project kind of makes that go on steroids because there are so many more unknowns that the client needs direction on. So I haven't heard the follow-up from this designer. I am reaching out to her this week for a follow-up. I'm hoping, really hoping, that either the homeowner gets the hint politely and kind of steps back into a role that's a little more manageable or that the designer reestablishes her role in it, and then bills accordingly. Because if this designer doesn't do those steps, she will become bitter about the project, annoyed with the homeowner, which will read through at some point in her behavior or her actions or her selections, and then the project takes the hit. And that is not something I want for this designer or honestly, any of you listening. Because these situations, while they are annoying, they are manageable and there are actionable steps that we just talked about to reestablish yourself as the lead because of the expertise that you're bringing to these projects. So if any of this leaves you with more questions than answers, I understand that. Please feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to talk through any situation you're having. And as always, The course I built, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management, is truly the Bible for the step-by-step process of running a project smoothly. It does include tips on how to handle the emotions of clients because that is a part of every project you will take on. And knowing what they are, foreseeing them coming, allows you to stay in the control that you need to be to keep the project running smoothly and making sure, honestly, it's enjoyable for you. So if you have any questions or want any more information about the course, allowing you to skip a three-year learning curve or even longer learning curve, head over to my website, www.devignedesign.com. You can find all of the information there or send me an email if you have any further questions. I can't thank you enough for your time today. And I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening. And I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, 
bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't. Building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, deviniedesign.com, for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.